When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Yaro Starek. He is co-founder at InboxDone.com. We're going to talk to him about this world of productivity, about getting through all of your emails, about focusing on what matters. A huge challenge, I think, for any entrepreneur, but certainly folks that have thriving businesses that are, are going well, that they want to scale. This can be one of the kind of biggest issues in an executive's kind of kind of challenges, being able to kind of manage all the contacts, you know, all the things coming at you. And so much of it is digital these days and so much of it is email that, you know, finding solutions for managing that, finding ways of offloading as much of that work as possible so you can focus on really important activities. I would say it's probably key to any highly effective executive sort of strategy is, is dealing with this. So excited to have this conversation, excited to hear kind of the background and how they've came up with their solution and and really what they do for folks to understand more detail the the solution that they've developed and, and why it's working for them. So with that, Yaro, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bruce. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of dive into the world of email and, and managing managing all of the things coming at you, let's do a little background. How did you get into the work that you're doing? What was your professional background? Give us a story. Yeah, it's it's turning into a long story. I've been online since I was 18 years old, and I, I never you know had a full-time job. I went straight into trying to figure out entrepreneurship and my goal, actually, it's so funny hearing you talk about this idea of being too busy. And I think back to when I was 18 and my goals at the time were, A, never get a job, which obviously means you have to have some kind of income stream. I wasn't born into a rich family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also was learning from the entrepreneurs I saw around me, you know, small business entrepreneurs, as well as the Richard Branson's. And I'd read books and I'd noticed there was a similar issue with entrepreneurs where they'd have 12 hour days and you know, they'd be super stressed. Yes, they'd potentially make more money and have the control of their life, but they'd be really, really busy. So I remember at 18 going, I have to find that middle ground of, you know, having the freedom I want to travel to sort of not be a slave to the business, but also not to be a slave to the boss and and another person's business. So that that was my goal from the beginning. Honestly, at 18, I didn't really know what to do. I kind of dived into the internet. (laughs) It was just good timing. The dot-com bubble was happening with the first one in the late 1990s. Built a card game website, which had a little e-commerce store. So it was my first taste of making some money. 
then while I was in university, started an, an essay editing company. Um, it was kind of like a, a middleman company, I call it, like an agency, really. I connected academic people really good at academic writing to provide an editing service to often students coming from a non-English as a first language background. And that was actually my first experiment in creating a well-systematized business. So that's when I first ever hired anyone to do anything for me, obviously <laughs> starting with the basics like do my website, do my website copy, um, mm -hmm. obviously customer service, take over my email. Then there are obviously little jobs here and there, but it turned into what you'd call a lifestyle business uh, today. So quite hands off. Um, I was able to travel for the first time ever, sort of in my mid-20s with that company kind of running behind the scenes. Um, and then in a case of just, again, timing and luck, uh, the blogging and social media kind of era dawned in the, you know 2004, 5, 6. And I just got into blogging as a planned for growing my essay editing company in terms of getting google search traffic it was let's see what a blog is and learn about yep. it did not like writing about the topic of essay editing or, or marketing to my client base but i love this idea of sharing stories as an entrepreneur and i already had sort of five six seven years there of running these two businesses so i just just started writing and it was amazing people start showing up a bit easier back then people would find your blog just through google and you know sharing it and i became and did not see this coming but i spent the next sort of decade being a coach teacher online educator in the space of information marketing so blogging email marketing and all of that time i always you know built systems so i had multiple people handing my email i had a hiring manager i had a team of you know tech and copywriting and design and it was always about clearing the way so i could do the core creative things that i enjoy doing and i could leverage to grow the business so you know with that company it was a lot about me writing and being the coach and then five years ago around about 2015 or so i mean well six years ago now i had the the not the idea for the first time but it was finally the time to action it was to launch the, my current company uh, inboxdone.com Primarily because I'd already spent 15 years just enjoying this idea of freedom and simplicity and building a business that you know runs without you. And I knew email was often the major sticking point for unlocking a lot of time for entrepreneurs. It yeah. was for me. So I said, you know what, it's time to really test this idea. And actually with uh, my co-founder, Claire, who was one of my inbox managers at the time for that mm -hmm. blog coaching business, we said, let's do a test run. We see if we can roll this out to other people, you know, beyond me. Uh, we got a couple of beta test clients. They loved it. Um, one of them is still with us now over five years later. And uh, that was the start of the business. Since then, we've, you know, been growing it. Um, team of 25 now, all kinds of businesses. It's, it's actually one of these things I always laugh at. I, I thought we'd get a niche where it'd be like, you know, a certain <laughs> type of business, but everyone has yeah. email. So we get restaurant owners to accountants, to venture capitalists, to, you know, organic farms. It's just a complete spectrum of, of people, but everyone has the same issue. Too much email. You know things they want to delegate to like an ea type person and yeah. uh, that's what we do yeah yeah I'm, I'm curious how you've gone about solving this problem because i've seen solutions out there that are very kind of tech-based i've seen some that are basically just kind of you know brute force you know human resource right like you find some you know inexpensive va person and uh you know they just they kind of do the best they can to kind of help clean up and sort through and, you know, um, you know, prep responses and stuff like that. I mean, when you looked at this problem that, uh, you know, many people have, particularly business owners, business leaders, that they've got, you know, a large volume of, um, you know, content coming through email. 
How, how did you kind of frame the problem? How did you choose to go about solving it and why? Well, I knew from my experience being the entrepreneur who wanted to hand over this task that my fears were around privacy, personal information, just being comfortable with this idea of other people replying to emails that I previously did. And I felt like I should be the one doing it, you know, the control aspect, mm. uh, worrying whether my business wouldn't grow if it wasn't me answering certain types of questions or dealing with certain types of people. So I went through that all the way back with that essay editing company, like, you know, 18, 19 years ago now. And it was, it was a carefully managed process where I hired a specific type of person who was, you know, English as a first language, good attention to detail, a clear communicator. Technology is important. Like you definitely need to have tech skills, but there's no one piece of technology we rely on. You know, we have password managers. Um, we use um, LastPass. We use a program called Yesware for a lot of clients, which just allows us to systematize inboxes, you know, create templates and redirects and reminders. But none of that replaces the effectiveness of a human being who is trained and skilled at communication, emotional empathy, really wants to insert themselves into your business and understand, you know, what you do, but also what they're going to do in terms of the big picture of how your whole company runs. And that's been, I think, a, a really key distinction. You, you can't just sort of throw this at, you know, an out, overseas, Filipino, Indian, whatever country you want to throw it at, like you often do yeah. with, you know, other tasks, $10 an hour. And, you know, not that you can't find talent there, but it's just not really fair to find a general VA to do a quite specialized role. So that's what I realized for myself was needed. Obviously, when you start doing this for other people, you then realize, okay, so Bruce has these types of emails. He's running this type of business. He has this kind of communication style. He wants us to handle maybe 80% of the emails, but 20% he's going to deal with. So you kind of customize the, uh, the system you build for each client. So there's a little, definitely some tailor tailoring. We have a system that we apply to everyone, but then it's tailored to whatever you're dealing with and what you want too. Not everyone wants to hand over everything. And we do have some clients who I, I love their attitude because they say, I never want to go into that inbox ever again. <laughs> so, you know, reply to all the emails. If there's something that you need me to help with, then we find another way. Like it could be through a Slack conversation or a phone call or a WhatsApp for those mm -hmm. few things that we can't deal with without them. But the whole, you know, goal is no entering the inbox ever again, which I think is a great attitude because it means you're, you know, you force yourself to really build a system around that. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a couple of different sort of parameters or things that you use to kind of identify a particular client or wh what they need or what they look for. I mean, what, give me some more insights in terms of how you kind of size up a lead or, or someone who's interested in your service. Like, do you have any anything that filters people out, right? You know, people that you don't work with, you know, that you can't be successful with, or that, that is not a good fit, you know, for those that are a good fit, like, how do you kind of categorize them in terms of how you're going to approach them from a service strategy point of view? Yeah, that, that, that is an important thing to determine at the start. We, we've had people who have the intention to do it, but <laughs> the reality of actually handing over is just not possible for them. And, you know, I don't want to put the label control freak out there, but entrepreneurs are people who like to build things and often that means they've been the person there controlling all these variables to produce value and, and create a business so some people are, are natural at delegating and they understand that in order to do the core you know zone of genius task is, is often said about entrepreneurs they have to move other things out of the way including email and yeah. they're great to work with because they they're ready they just need to understand how it's all going to happen so you know 
that's just a case of having conversations, doing a careful onboarding process. They're ready, willing to go through this experience, to hand over, to learn, you know, teach what they need to. It's the people who are maybe a little more hesitant to let go of things and are confronted when they actually finally have to do that. Like I remember I, I'm sort of, I wasn't, you know, I was ready to do it, yeah. but I still felt this sense of I had to go in even, you know, a month or two later after I'd handed over to just read the emails that my assistant was sending for me because you're always in your mind going, well, would I write it that way? <laughs> you know, have I missed an opportunity because they haven't thought of something? And, you know, there's no such thing as an instant clone of your brain. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But you can certainly extract the system from your brain, but also from how you've already done things. Like, you've already replied to emails. So you can look at the way you write, how you answer things. You start there, and then you build the system from that. So there's no need to kind of, like, uh, scan your brain. It's kind of done already because a lot of it's already been written in your sent folder in terms of how you've written the things. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we definitely can do a lot of building systems. We call it a knowledge base within the company. It's, it's templates, it's rules, because as most people know, email is sort of a, a central hub that triggers tasks and involves other people. So often yeah. you will get an email that says, okay, you know, onboard a client, update a CRM, uh, pass it on to a certain department it could be bookkeeping, marketing, uh, client management, something like that. So there's kind of these roles that happen. So we make sure that when we're, when we're bringing in our team, uh, and usually it's two assistants per client, that they understand or learn the entire system of people and software and how they want things done. And then they slot themselves in to take over the things that the, the founder or whoever it is, the CEO, the manager that we're taking over with, so that we can complete the the full loop from delegating a task to updating software to updating people to updating a client or a customer and ideally keeping that other person the client you know the, the ceo or the the founder out of the loop and doing everything without them if possible that's the goal here to free you up so you have to be prepared to sort of answer your question to realize that goal and know that it's not going to be done in two weeks it's going to probably take a month to just get the basics done really within two to three months, you'll you'll feel like, wow, okay, I'm no longer doing all these things I used to do. And I actually feel comfortable with other people doing it. But we have had a few people who just can't make it through that process. They start letting go and they're like, I can't, I just need to see every email coming into my inbox. I need to be the one replying to every potential client. They just can't let go. So, you know, pe most people know that about themselves though, from the start, whether they're ready and when we get a, a perfect client, you know it because they're just so willing and able and, and excited uh, yeah. to, to not do that task anymore. Yeah, just hungry, hungry to, to not have to go into their email anymore. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And now back to our program. And how, I mean, I guess, how do you break down the process, right? So you get a new client, you know, what is the first thing you kind of do with them? How do you kind of 
train them or kind of adjust the systems? Like how, how does this process work? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the, the the chance to pitch my company yeah. so much here, Bruce. Um, yeah, yeah it, it is like, there's a lot of virtual assistant companies out there and a lot will do a lot of different things. And what Inbox done and how we've evolved is very much specializing on this process of handing over email. So we started with what I explained, like my own ex my own story. So it's it's a sort of a month long handover process where first you're and I kind of break it down because it's it started with me and then obviously Claire, my co-founder, she started doing it for clients. So there's yeah. new layers added to it. And then now fast forward four or five years, we've obviously been tweaking and changing and learning as we apply to different clients. So we very much have a a system that rolls out for every new client. So as I said before, we always assign two, we call them inbox managers, or you can call them executive assistants to every client. And what we do is we first begin a matching process where we're asking you some questions. So you know what kind of communication style does Bruce have? What industry is he in? What What's the kind of goal here? So we learn a bit about you. We then go internally to our team and find who we believe is the most appropriate two assistants to assign to you. That's based on time zone, communication style, personality matching. You know, obviously you want to get along with your assistants. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we we introduce you. So your two assistants will have a call with you. You get to know them. You define communication parameters. So how do you want to be updated? Do you want to just have a Slack channel where you communicate with them, a WhatsApp group, a summary phone call, or maybe an email sent to you to a different inbox? Um, and that can be determined as you want it to be. So if you like a daily little Slack update, that's fine. If you just want a weekly phone call, that's fine as well. They then will dive in and do as much as they can without you. So they kind of study you. It's, it would be like in your case, Bruce, it'd be a study of the life of Bruce and in, in the role that you do. So yeah. they'll go into the obvious things, your your website, your any materials you have about what you do. But really, a lot of it's done in your actual inbox or inboxes, especially the mm -hmm. sent folder. So how you reply, what are the common questions you deal with? Who are the most important people that you communicate with? If there are any key situations like you need to know about emails from investors or from, from super important clients, they start building a triage system. So they prioritize these emails Bruce needs to know about straight away. These ones Bruce might need to know about in a summary once a week. He doesn't need, really need to reply or see anything there. And then there's the stuff which is probably 80% that you never need to see and will keep you away from completely. So they, they do that. They, they start building the usual things, folders, filters, automatic redirects, templates for common situations. That's the knowledge base. And then usually around maybe three weeks into this process, they actually start writing replies. And this, as you can imagine, is the time when we need the most attention from you, the client. Yeah. Because we're going to show you drafts and we're going to want to make sure that you're happy with how we're replying to your emails. Obviously, it's a confronting feeling the first time you see an email going out that was sent to you but replied by your assistant. Usually, we reply as your assistant, though, so we're not pretending to be you. Um, we have done that for a few clients, but most clients like the idea of our team is growing, so this is my email receptionist or this is my executive assistant, so they're replying Um as you, uh, sorry, not as them, but you know, from your inbox. 
And then that might take a week of going back and forth, show them drafts, give some feedback, adjusting as they go. And hopefully after about the fourth week, you're saying, you know, your drafts are great. You can start sending without going through me. And then they start doing that. And by that point, they might have taken over 80%, 70%, 90%, depends on how busy your inbox is and how complex it is. And then going forward, month two, month three, month four, obviously you keep learning and adapting to new situations, keep building the knowledge base, and potentially you can delegate more. So we are a full EA service too. So if you want us to take over calendar scheduling, replying to your social media messages, you know, direct messages, comments left to maybe your ads or your posts, all the things that EAs do, travel bookings, research, compiling reports, managing meetings, getting the information you need for that. There's a big list of services on our on our site, but we usually start with email and calendar, and then and delegate from there. Do you find that that's kind of your your wedge, like get, getting in with somebody, like, hey, let's start with your email, and then once you start managing that for them, then it's easy to kind of start adding other services, you know, around you know managing their, you know, help, helping them manage their personal kind of uh, schedule and priorities. Yes, in the sense that, you know, even the name of our company, Inbox Done, it sort of stamps this, we really focus on your inbox. Yeah. And it is such a personal area that usually once trust is built there, you do feel more comfortable yeah. delegating other things. But we have actually had to tell people, you know, we could do this for you as well. They don't necessarily realize that we yeah. are a full EA service from day one. The other thing that's a little different, though, the fact that we do have two assistants per client and we're not like a, a low cost. We're on a $10 an hour virtual uh, agency. Mm -hmm. And this is A, because email is so important. So we need that extra skill set. We pay our people well. But also with two people, I'm sure anyone who's ever hired any kind of virtual staff before, you know how oh, yeah. annoying training and turnover is. People disappear mm -hmm. and you have to go, you know, you're, you're sort of left in the lurch. And then you have to find someone else and train them from scratch. So we found by having two people who learn to do the role, work in tandem, then if everyone, anyone needs a holiday or sick leave, which they will, the other person will take up the slack. So you never have to kind of step back in and do it yourself. Yeah. And if there is ever a turnover, the replacement can be trained by the, the second assistant. So you don't yeah. have to do that retraining as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so something we built as we grew the company, just because we realized it was such an important part of hiring to some kind of virtual staffing solution, having two people to solve so many problems. So, but yes, to answer your question, almost always email and calendar is where we start. And then people go, oh, I trust you. I see how good your written communication is. I feel comfortable handing over, you know, other tasks. Then again, there's certain things where you wouldn't hand over to us. We're not a, like a phone sales service. Uh, we're not yeah. like a 24-7 help desk. We're manning a live chat or something like that. That's where you yeah. should potentially, you know, outsource overseas. Yeah, yeah. And and for your for your people, how many clients do they work with? You have you have two of your you have two assistants per client, but then how many clients are they each working with? I mean, it varies because some people you know want more hours than others. Uh, max would be three. Typical would be two. Occasionally, it's one. Just when it's a client that has a lot of work or a, an inbox manager who just only wants you know part time casual hours. But yeah, no more than three. We find is definitely like a max typically. Yeah. Um, again, it's something we've learned over time too, because, um, you know, it's, it's these, it's a situation where you want to grow your company, but your assistants actually want to grow with you too. You know, that, that sort of helps reduce the turnover where they feel like they've been embedded mm -hmm. in a company that they're enjoying working with, but also learning. Like, I think a lot of our, our team love the idea of getting inside a, a company and working with the founder. Like it's such 
an amazing insight sometimes to see just how this person's growing their business, you know, what's the day-to-day operations like, what kind of problems do you deal with, because they're often a little bit entrepreneurial themselves, so getting that insight is very fascinating for them, and they want to grow with them. They want, you know, to see the potential to do more, take over more, maybe even learn some new skills as well. Yeah, and I'm curious how much of this is your your folks kind of really kind of learning and adapting to how your client likes to do things, and and how much are you kind of training your clients <laughs> to, to kind of think differently or maybe approach it differently? You know, I, I'm always curious, like, who's who's changing who in these situations? Yeah, you, that's a great way to, to put it, Bruce. Um, you're spot on. It, it really is both, probably more so than you'd think of us training the client, though, um, because, like I said, it is this somewhat confronting challenge of letting go of something you've probably done every day, a couple hours a day, maybe even four hours a day yourself probably for your entire life you never thought to outsource email people think to outsource everything else like sure someone else will build my website sure someone else will do my bookkeeping and accounting i go to the dentist for my teeth i go to the doctor for this i don't yeah, think uh, yeah. email is always mine you know so straight away it's like okay email isn't doesn't have to be mine so yes there's a a learning curve and an adoption of the idea of even just not waking up and opening the inbox and starting to reply or going Ooh, to bed at yeah. night and replying to emails. Ooh, it's like, no, Ooh. I loved it. Like I was yeah. a great example of a, a happy client because I woke up on a Monday morning after the first month of training all the way back with my, my original company. I did this for the first time with, and uh, I remember turning on my computer, opening up my email as you do every Monday morning and mm-hmm. my inbox is empty. And oh, I thought, oh. oh, is my company broken? I thought I went to <laughs> check my website. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, where's all the business for the start of the week? And then I was like, of course, you know, my assistant's gone in there and done the work before I had. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, okay, so what do I do with my life now? Like what's, <laughs> what is my, uh, <laughs> what's my next step? I got suddenly it's like, Oh, I, I can grow this company or I can write yeah. that book or I can go to the gym or, you know, whatever it is, be creative, do a new marketing campaign. The time is there. So it, it is, um, it's a beautifully confronting, but I think a powerful change for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I found when I started sort of doing more of this and I've, I've kind of used various strategies and various services around, around this stuff is you really have to kind of rethink your, I guess, email strategy in terms of who has what email for what purpose. (laughs) And I guess, how do you help folks kind of detangle kind of potentially sort of bad email kind of structure they've put in place and kind of develop a better kind of foundational strategy so that it's just easier to even kind of contemplate a process like this? Yeah, new habits are are certainly something you'll have to adopt. I I know we have a client, she's an accountant, and uh, I always love bringing up the, the quote she gave us and she said, you, you know, you've given me my mornings back. And Ooh. she was the kind of person who would have her email open throughout the day. And as soon as the ding would be heard, she'd open up the, the email and reply straight away. And she trained her clients to receive an email within yep. you know, five to 10 minutes of the email hitting her inbox. Classic. And it was great for her clients, but terrible for her because she would constantly interrupt the flow of whatever else she was doing. Yeah. So we had to sort of train her, but then we also have to train the clients. You know, it's okay for there to be potentially a 12 to 24 hour uh, time period before the reply comes back to you. I mean, you know, certainly there are occasional emergency situations from, from people who are high priority. And that's why we do triage. We know that this investor, you got to get back to them as soon as you can. So we'll send you a WhatsApp or, a, you know, something like that. But most people do not need that five-minute response time, and, and that's something you need to uh, untrain from everyone. So 
you know, we do that. We break that habit. It's an awareness. It's a skill set that you develop. It's not that hard, though, because you start realizing you can sit there and, and do whatever other thing that you probably enjoy more. Yeah. The only challenge is for a lot of entrepreneurs is there is a kind of an endorphin release of completing emails. It feels like you're moving forward, you know, you're growing yeah. your business. And the truth is most of the things that come into email are not priority move your business forward tasks. There might be a few, but most are not. So it's kind of a false sense of accomplishment of tasks. So I think it's a good switch for a lot of people to go through. It's some habit breaking plus new habit forming. With the team, of course, we are aware as well that we often have to teach people and get them used to this idea of delegating and not just email, but it's everything. And what I love to tell anyone, not just clients, but anyone who's running a business, whenever you wake up in the morning and you start working, you ask yourself as you begin every task, am I the best person to do this? You know, could someone else do this for my business? And A, would that free me up more important things? B, would they do this task better than I would do it? Would it be a cost saving overall, even though it might cost money to delegate it, it's at a lower cost than the hourly rate that you're putting in because you yeah. could be going and earning more doing other yeah. things. So it's a simple question, you know, what, what should I be doing with my time right now? And is this the best use of it? And if it's not, that's when you start delegating. And uh, that's for me, because I was all about, I want to be able to travel. If I'm in a new city, I don't want to wake up and open my email and spend the, the first three hours in there processing that while I'm staring at the Eiffel Tower out the window going, <laughs> I wish I could be walking around this city doing things, you know? So, yeah. 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 Far, far too many times that I've found myself doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I guess what's your, I guess what's your take on email? I mean, I, there's been a couple of efforts to kind of build, you know, these, these email killers. I mean, is email here to stay? Do you see this evolving? I mean, where, like, I guess, what what's your take on the future of email? Yeah, I, I love this question because it, it makes me think about where we're going with, you know, AI yeah. and software and so on. And I, I've thought about this and there were times where I remember speaking to my co-founder. I'm like, we got to prepare for the for the automatic email writing AI that's going to eliminate the need for our human based assistance. So we need to you know plan for that. And the more I thought about it and the more I kind of looked at how we do our role, I realized that an assistant is an ass like if we ever have an AI version of, of writing email, it's always going to be in tandem with a human because email being so dynamic. Uh, and I, I could be wrong on this if you fast forward 100 years, but I don't think in the near future you're going to have a, a piece of AI that could answer every single email that's entering your inbox in a way that it actually knows how to be you because, you know, it's it have to copy your neural network inside your brain. Maybe mm -hmm. that's possible one day. So right now, the combination of a human or two humans with our company as assistants, as and then you know, adding some tools like I mentioned before, um, Yesware for, mm -hmm. for templates. There are some great database style AI FAQ systems out there, which I think will become definitely more commonplace. Where it's learning how you're writing replies to very common situations and basically writing it's starting to build the templates for you so you don't have to go yeah. build template manually it knows this is how you normally reply to it it automatically pre-fills the answer and then you go in and you clean it up and then the human sends it so it's it's like like they say with chess today you know that yes the, the ai chess will will always beat humans but the real tournaments now are human beings augmented with AI playing against each other. So it's the best of, of both worlds. And I suspect that's very similar with how we'll, for, you know, we'll continue with email. Um, yeah. with one caveat, which I've, I've always thought is the interesting thought experiment, because I often get asked, will email be replaced 
will blogging, since I started in that space, ever be replaced as well? And I said, well, if we stop communicating with the written word in the format we do online now, then it, yes, it is possible. So I don't know <laughs> if, you know, we're talking about metaverses now, or we're talking about neural networks connecting, you know, devices directly into our brain, and maybe we'll, we'll think replies rather than type them. So I don't know yeah, if, how that will work, but that's way more sci-fi an answer that I've got than what we do today, which is give you a couple of human beings who attempt to clone you as best they can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I would be fascinating to just think my response. <laughs> to, yeah. Not have to, to verbalize them somehow, but excellent. Yo, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Inbox Done, what's the best way to get that information? Uh, inboxdone.com for anything to do with everything I've talked about and just book a discovery call. You, you very likely will get to talk to, to me and you can tell me you know, what you're dealing with with your company regarding email and other things you want to delegate and uh, we can look at helping you out. This has been great. I'm going to make sure all the links are in the show notes. People can click, click through and get that. I, I just, I love this topic because it is, it's the bane of so many <laughs> leaders' existence that if you, if you can make even a 10% improvement in this area, it ends up being a huge delta. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate your time as well. Thanks for a good conversation. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.